Welcome to the Warren Beast Podcast, the podcast that got disintegrated, but then got better. I'm Greg. I'm Emily. I'm Jordan. La, 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 la. What? I, I don't... I was opti- That's my impression of Optimus for most of this episode. Oh, okay, <laughs> fair. I, I, I watched it yesterday and I'm like... What did that happen? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I guess, I guess he did like moan a lot as he was flung through space, like a lot, like a lot, and and a couple of I, I, I mean, yes, a lot, and it's not it's no, not I'm, characteristic because right. <laughs> there's no sound in space. I, well, <laughs> yeah. say, yes, it's not exactly. He's not. He's throwing through his preconceptions of space, right? Oh, true. Very true. But yes, this week we are reviewing the season two, episode one, Fallout, New Vegas. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, we're on to the final season. Woo! Yay! Finally. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting episode. Uh, so, Kendall, what did we have in this day in history? Okay, so February 9th, 2000. I found the E! News from February 9th, 2000. Uh, e! News. Yes, e-, e! News. Apparently E! existed back then. Uh, according to their Spice World report, Spice Girl Emma Bunton gave testi- testimony in London today that she never thought Jerry Hallowell would leave the group. The Spice Girls are being sued by an Italian company over Hallowell's departure. Um, who, which one's Emma? What, Baby I, Spice. what was the name? Baby Spice. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I don't well, know Jerry, the actual name. Jerry Hallowell was um, posh. No, wait. Uh, oh, no, she, she was Ginger Spice. I know, I know Jerry Hallowell because she had a solo career. And I, I, I do kind of know Posh Spice's name because she... You know, kind of became a model and married that like soccer player. So I kind of hear about. I know her last name is Beckham. I yeah. don't remember what her first name is, which actually Victoria. sounds really shitty. Victoria. Oh. <laughs> and mark your calendar: 20th Century Fox is moving up its Martin Lawrence cop comedy, Big Mama's House, from an October debut to a June 2nd release. Oh, that was during mm-hmm. the phase where everyone was wearing fat suits in in movies, huh? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, Eddie Murphy and Martin Lawrence. And then one one other uh, MTV debuted Madonna's video for her new single, American Pie. Oh, yeah, that was the 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 redo. She had a butt crack. Yep. I still prefer the classic, though. I, yes, I think everyone does. (laughs) Yeah. What, like, Classic what the movie? Uh, no, no, no American, Ameri- American Pie the song. Okay. D- Madonna, oh, you mean yes. like Madonna did the cover? Did yeah. The okay, cover sorry. Yes. I, got, I got distracted by this uh, <laughs> by this um, War Graymon figure that Joel just posted. 
<laughs> and, and and famously in in that video, Madonna's butt crack is showing the whole time. Yep. So not only you, you could have said that you were distracted by Madonna's butt crack there. Huh? I mean, I wasn't though. I just want to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I was attracted by Digimon, Digital Monsters. Yeah. At least you're being honest with our listeners. Exactly. They they expect honesty from me, I think. Yes. Oh, shoot. I just remember there was things I wanted to talk about not off air because I just wanted it was shop stuff that I just remembered I wanted to ask about. Uh, eh. I always oh. that's what I was forgetting. That nagging <laughs> feeling. It's like there was something I was going to say. Oh, no. Well, we can oh, do it off fairly. This is yeah. kind of tangentially related to Beast Wars. Uh, for yeah. the kiddies, CBS branding a block of Nickelodeon programming beginning Saturday mornings this fall. I was just my my dad, you know, was just talking to my nieces about how they're they're growing up without any Saturday morning cartoons. Yeah, that's weird. Like that used to be such a thing. It's really weird. They'll never get to see such greats as like Camp Candy. Yeah. <laughs> my Little Rosie. Or uh, Captain N, the Game Master. Oh, I remember that one. Okay, I know I keep reading these headlines, but this is just like so great. Star <laughs> Wars, this is very 2000. Uh, Star Wars Part 2, Lucasfilm reportedly seeking a more culturally diverse cast for next Star Wars episode, Variety Reports. I think episode two had two black people in it. <laughs> yeah, I think we had to wait till... Um... You know the new series before we get some actual diversity, yeah. yeah. Like in our Star had, Wars, because yeah, literally, I think it had Captain Typho, and then and uh, Samuel Jackson's character. Okay, yeah. So okay, so three, because you had Captain Typho, Samuel L. Jackson character, and then um, the clones. <laughs> oh yeah, I guess the clones are are like New Zealandy. Yeah. They're like okay, so I guess there's a little bit more diversity. Well, well they maybe they thought, the hey, we're going to have a bunch hey. of the same guy. <laughs> there's there's a lot of diversity of one specific type. Yes. I I mean, I mean, that's actually, you know, that's not that's not nothing to have, you know, to have the although although you could also say that it's problematic to have the subservient class of clones be a minority race uh, in, yeah. An under, yeah. in an otherwise yeah. underrepresented. I think that is. Yeah. It, Problematic is a word for that, yeah. yeah. Yeah, but yes. Moving on to other things. Did you have more headlines there, Kendall? Or uh, no, we can we can uh, we can we can move on. But I am definitely ho- I'm hoping that the e news uh, comes up in more Google searches in the future because I liked this. <laughs> uh, but I do have trivia. Oh, because uh, oh. this is the premiere. Uh, so there was a little bit of trivia. Uh, the sequence of the surviving Nat- Maximals descending into Cybertron's core to reach the Oracle is very similar to how the scene played out in the show's pilot episode when the two when the Maximals first discovered the Oracle. Yes. And uh. during Optimus Primal's trip into the Matrix, he sees the events that happened in Beast Wars, Transformers 1996, and also the heads of his comrades' Fortimer bodies, some of which are from that show. Um, <laughs> and then, alas, this is the last appearance of Rhinox. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And it's, I mean, we'll get to it in the episode, but it's not the greatest send off. It's a weird. Yeah. yeah, it's weird because, like, apparently he's the only one that died in the giant crazy apocalypse. 
Yeah, that was well. He wasn't. Thing. He wasn't a Megatron well, or a Prime. So, <laughs> yeah, I well, I was gonna say it kind of. It kind of the thing where it just kind of made this idea that they basically got to choose, and apparently Rhinox was like, ah, I kind of don't want to go back. <laughs> yeah, like that's that's honestly what it felt like. Like the the. the it wasn't so much as like uh, he he what he couldn't come back or anything like that. It's like both Megatron and Optimus were like got the choice, and you know Optimus uh, was like I'm not ready, and Megatron's Megatron. So Optimus pulled a, ta- a David Tennant and said, "I don't want to go." Mm. Not <laughs> but David David Tennant didn't get like when he said I don't want to go, he went. You know, true. So it's not it's not the same. He's like yeah. He owned Tenant apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I think there, yeah. I th- I feel like there was there. Oh, I'm trying to remember. Well, the most well the most recent the uh, 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 Capaldi. It's more like Capaldi because Capaldi was like really fighting his regeneration. Yeah, that is very true. But don't watch oh. that episode, guys, because it's bad. <laughs> They make the first doctor into a misogynist. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, I watched H. Bomber guy's video on Doctor Who, and it looked really bad. It was not a great take. Well, it was like, because it's like, I mean, I understand, like, you wanted, they wanted to make him, they wanted to, you know, the, the idea of ma- of being like, you used to be a misogynist because maybe the show used to be a little bit sexist. I, I assume it did in the sixties, but from what I've seen from back then, it was not at that. It wasn't to that degree of, of obnoxiousness. It just felt like it was very uncomfortable and it was just like, Oh, he's sexist. And Oh, that's just that time. Oh, like they kind of like treated him like, like, I don't know. Like it was a charming, uh, like like kind of cutesy thing that he was being this well, gross did. sexist. I don't think oh, they, treat, they didn't treat him that yeah. way. I mean, he definitely was treated sort of as an antagonist in that sense. Like, and like your racist offended. uncle. But I, I was think- kind of thinking like 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 what Jordan said. I like got maybe I was a little too strong, but it seemed a little bit like instead of being like, hey, dude, stop that shit. That's gross. Like we've grown up. It's also weird that a Time Lord has those kind of right, right, yeah, like, yeah. Like even even if he is like from that era, he's also a Time Lord, like uh, right, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, <laughs> well, it, it definitely, Emily, it definitely was it's not Time Lords, not Time Ladies. It was, it was definitely not. There are Time um, Lords who are female. <laughs> I know one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was, yeah, it yeah. was definitely. I would not say that it was. It was himself. celebrating and oh, that was just that time. I do think that their intention was to say this is gross and terrible, but also that's that's kind of character assassination of and sort of re, it's sort of rewriting history because yeah, like I said, what I've seen of the first doctor, which isn't like a whole lot, but he's not as, I mean, he may have, he may have like made a comment here or there or, or had, or been dismissive of a, of a woman at some point in the show, but it wasn't as constant as it was in this, in this episode. Cause it was yeah. like, it was beating you over the head with it. Um, but yeah, it's a, not the best, which is really sad because Peter Capaldi's like my favorite doctor, and to have his last episode be tainted is very unfortunate. Well, like what I was, I guess what I was trying to say is like they're not trying to celebrate or anything, but like they 
for one, um, he, like they're, they're trying to like he's he's being gross as like, oh, look at that time. And they're kind of like having like them just kind of like pull on their collars. But like, eh, eh, and that's kind of it when they, they, they didn't criticize it well enough. And it ju- and they, they just had him be gross and people act uncomfortable about it. Right. Kind of thing. Yeah. And that just that it just. With treating it like that, it's like it comes across as just gross and not like that criticizing, you know, like it, it, it's, it's just gross and it's kind of a joke and it, that's all it is. It doesn't really ex- examine it anymore. So they probably should have just left it out if they weren't going to actually examine it. Like they definitely should have left it out. I think that they I think that the the and I, I, whether, I've never the, seen like original doctor stuff, so I have no idea what he's like. But. Yeah, I mean, it was and and I mean. Yeah, I mean, it was, it was, uh, there was some, I mean, there definitely was criticism and it definitely was, if you watch the, if you watch the full episode, you get that the idea is that this is, this guy is terrible. I mean, that, that is the overall, uh, uh, intention of the, of the writers. It's pretty clear. They're kind of pound bashing you over the head with it. Um, mm-hmm. but, but it doesn't, it wasn't, it also just isn't executed that well. Like it, it just, it wasn't even, it also was just bad. Like it's like, you know, jokes. What I mean, he also didn't understand what the internet was, which is, which makes mm. no sense because he literally went to the future in, in the old, in the old, those old episodes. <laughs> like he traveled yeah. around with somebody from the year 1999. Like he should, <laughs> he's from <laughs> anyway, that's moving on. So this has been the talking who podcast. <laughs> who? <laughs> talking new podcast is there a podcast already named that i feel I like there should be. I'm, there's something like it though i mean or at least uh oh god there must be tons i of mean Doctor yeah who there podcasts, must be at least yeah. podcasts i'm pretty sure one of them has has used that uh the one that like i've the one that i've listened least. to uh was called is called who back when and it's pretty good but uh the the problem the problem was is that they do it's a Doctor Who episode, or it's a Doctor Who podcast every week, and they don't always have an ep- most of the time they don't have an episode to review, so it's more like a just sort of a general news. And unfortunately, I don't like Doctor Who enough to listen to that. <laughs> I see. Anyway, we got to get back to the episode at hand. Uh, the so summary's going to take the- like five minutes. It's okay. Yeah. Uh, so, what do we have on the uh, TF Wiki there, Jordan? All right, so one of the animations it mentions is that Optimus's uh, dead body is strange-looking. Presumably, it's supposed to look as if his body had crumbled to ash, but the model quality means that it looks like it's been cartoonishly flattened. And that's why I mentioned and put that picture for our uh, question tweet. Mm-hmm. Uh, then we've got a couple of continuity errors where the recap at the start of the episode uh Concludes with uh, Primal's hand disintegrating and him insisting if this is the will of the Matrix, then so be it. However, the cliffhanger simply ended with Optimus Primal looking at his hand disintegrating. So there's actually more in the opening thing than what was on the cliffhanger. Yep, I noticed that too. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, as in Apocalypse, Optimus claims that the Beast Wars on Earth were the Matrix's way of obtaining organic material. Since it was Megatron who decided to go there, then either Optimus is reading too much into it, or the Matrix has been giving Megatron some nudges. Yeah. And so uh, then we got some uh, continuity notes about, uh, you know, as as Kendall said, uh, 
among Optimus's visions are the heads of the Maximals in Beast Mode, and they cycle through their previous uh, versions, noting that they used the miscolored versions of Cheetah, Rattraps, and Black Arachnia's pre-transcendentals forms that were used in the reformatting, uh, and Nice Cream in his free form also. Um, there's also a couple of other like foreshadowing moments in there, but we're not going to get into it too deep. And then, oh, uh, when Optimus redirects the dueling injuries into the Oracle, you can briefly see Nice Cream's old hiding place. The fruit tree has apparently regrown. Oh, yeah. Uh, oh, th- this note also mentions that it was the the parallels between the reformatting, them coming to the Oracle and the reformatting in, in this scene as well, or in this episode as well, and his reemergence, which uh, also, it also mentions that uh, even uh, Cheetor says Big Bot uh, questionably again. <laughs> yeah. So, let's see. Um... Optimus experienced a vision of a flower during his trip, the same kind that appeared in the reformatting. And then there are a lot of clips from previous episodes interspersed through the episode. As the Maxwells recount how Optimus helped them over the course of the Spark War, which is not a link thing, it's like highlighted, so I'm guessing that's just someone who made this is guessing at trying to uh, call the last part the Spark War. Uh, There are clips from the reformatting, Forbidden Fruit, and the weak component. Uh, later, as Optimus remembers the Beast Wars, his memories are represented by clips from the Beast Wars episodes, Coming of the Fusers Part 1, Cutting Edge, Feral Screen Part 1, Feral Screen Part 2, and Nemesis Part 2. Uh, then it just goes on to other like trivia and real-world references and stuff, where Jetstorm mentions that they just got rid of the old boss and aren't keen working for the new boss, riffing on lyrics from The Who's Won't Get Fooled Again. <laughs> and we all come back to The Who's. Okay, there we go. <laughs> Next one, we, but I thought it was Yes on the stage. Anyways, uh, Season 2 sees the Maxwells drop the I Am Transform mantra that usually accompanied accompany their transformations. Yeah, I noticed that as well. That was a little weird. And uh, finally, uh, just to expand on what Kendall says, Rhinox must remain the Metrix forever. Until he doesn't. Except when he gets killed even deader. Multiple continuities are fun, kids. <laughs> uh, either way, in show, this is the last appearance of Rhinox slash Tankar. Yeah. Them's the breaks. Mm-hmm. And that's pretty much all we have from the TF Wiki. All right. So getting into the meat and potatoes of the episode. Uh, as Jordan alluded to earlier, we do get a uh, a little snippet of the previous episodes. Just to sort of recap what had happened. And of course, when we left off, we had Optimus activating the uh, plasma energy chamber as Megatron ordered the keys of Vector Sigma to fire causing a big swirling vortex, uh, which is very reminiscent of the time vortex that we had at the, uh, the end of season two. So, so yes, what we get now as the episode picks up, we've got Optimus who has now disintegrated and then his beast form is flying through space. We get sort of like a trippy sort of sequence where Optimus is Floating through space, spinning around, looking all over the place. Twirling towards the future. Yes. And then he comes across Megatron, who lashes on to him, and Optimus alludes to, am I am I to fight you forever, Megatron? Which yeah. I thought was pretty much yeah. a cool line. And yeah. then he goes, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> garble? Yeah, pretty much. I was uh, like, we, I was like, I was like, oh man, I should have caught, I should have captured that that sound. 
Because, uh, you know, because obviously that's the only time he's ever going to say anything like that this episode. <laughs> and then it happened like eight more times. Yeah. Yeah, because we get a bit of a, a scene where he, he witnesses the destruction of Cybertron. He then goes to attack Megatron again. And suddenly the scene shifts to instead of fighting Megatron in space, he's fighting himself who has glowing green eyes in a jungle and his, I'm going to refer to it as this copy, uh, like sort of gears up, transforms and is about to attack, shoots off a, a red energy blast that hits a tree behind him. And Optus somehow leaps off this bit of ground back into space. And then Did we mentioned that when like, Optimus starts fighting himself. He's like, what? Like his, his what is like so genuine. Yeah. Like, it, it's so much like a, what the fuck? Like he really doesn't know what the fuck's going on. Like it's a really good line read. And he's I'm like, like, Oh, I'm tripping on acid. <laughs> yeah, watching, watching this episode. I kind of wondered how well it would line up with dark side of the moon. Oh, God. <laughs> I mean, it's like, we'll get into it, but it's a very, very disjointed episode. Like, it's, yes. it's weird. <laughs> yeah. You hit so, play the first time Optimus goes. Yeah, I'll have to try and catch. I'll capture that audio and put it in. Because, yeah, it, it's certainly something. No, like, I, I'm I'm sure Gary Chalk was instructed how to do it, but it just, yeah. It, it was almost like Tasmanian Devil. That's well, what I was thinking of. Yes, thank you. Yeah, there's only so many ways you can like scream and groan and mumble, <laughs> <laughs> and that's yeah. what the line was. So yeah, yeah. one one of the times it kind of sounded like a monkey, and I thought maybe that's what he was going for, but most of the time it was just yeah, it was, and that's just Did not something that Optimus does. Yeah, I'm sorry, you guys like. Did we already get to the part where he's going through the tunnel of faces or no? You just about to, just, yeah. Okay, he, good. Yeah, we've, we've, I'm glad I didn't miss that. Nope. I have to awkwardly he, go back to it like I always do. Okay. No, no, no. <laughs> well, no. then let's get to that part and I got this clip. Okay. Go ahead and play that. We followed you. That's kind of creepy, just isolated audio. <laughs> yeah, well, in the actual footage, like you guys can, the listeners can hear that they say it several times. Each time they say it, it's a different face they had in the series, yes. which is kind of fun. Where like. Night Scream's like, oh shit, we only have the one, but I guess we'll do when he's a normal bat and when he's a techno bat. <laughs> so, yeah, and then as Optimus comes out of this wormhole, I guess you could say, we then see... Tunnel the of plan- Faces. Yes. Oh yeah, that's the new attraction at the carnival from here on in. It's not the Tunnel of Love anymore, it's the Tunnel hey. of Faces. I was going to make it. They replaced like the Tunnel of Love for the Tunnel of Faces? That's a shitty... Well, it's the same. I mean, it's the same tunnel. They just had to... They just changed the animatronics inside. Got you. Carousel. 
I was going to say Carousel of the Future or whatever. I was thinking more like a funhouse dealio getting tra- changed over, but that's funnier. Having it with the tunnel of love. It was like yeah. when they when they uh, they gutted the inside of Pirates of the Caribbean to make it uh, more like the movies and less racist. Yeah. Could, could you imagine like taking your date to an amusement park and then being like, well, let's go have a tunnel of wait, what? So, <laughs> well, I mean, maybe tunnel it's tunnel of faces. Maybe it's, maybe it's OK. And then go out and you're like that worst date ever. <laughs> and at the end of it, you have Optimus Prime saying, I want your face. Oh, fuck. <laughs> that would, I, would end so it. so have you guys ever actually been to a tunnel of love i feel like it's one of those things that only exists on tv i've never I seen one i well i've never been in one i've seen basically attractions of a ship through dark tunnels that are supposed to be rides and they're not supposed to be called tunnels of love because they don't want the teenagers to, to try and make uh, make out on it yeah that makes yeah. sense I've, like I have literally, I have literally gone through those things like with friends and like couples, and like see a guy just standing there. I'm like, hey, what's up? And then and then he's like, oh, just keeping things normal. And like the, the people behind him are like, yes, we are not doing anything. <laughs> horrible. Um, I, I I I the closest thing I've been to being on a in a tunnel of love is killing zombies in a tunnel of love in Left 4 Dead too. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, like, so that kind of, I think that in a video game is similar to, like, in, in on TV. Like, maybe it was, maybe yeah, it's, no. maybe it's one of those things that used to exist. But I've just, because I've been to a lot of, I've been to a lot of amusement parks and state fairs and stuff. And I've been on a lot of, like, those, like, dark rides is what some people would call them. Uh, mm-hmm. But I've never, I think, I think, never I think even people seen use a the tunnel f- of love. <laughs> I think people use Ferris wheels for making out now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah Those little booths, kids today. Yeah, <laughs> the, with their with their Tinder and their Ferris wheels. I was watching <laughs> um, an anime recently that had a Ferris wheel in it, and it's like it's it was Kakap Sakura, and like the main characters and their kids, and they're on a Ferris wheel, and it looks like cramped, and it, they're kids, and it looks cramped. Yeah. Is that just like an exclusively child? Ferris wheel? <laughs> that well, seems weird uh, to me. <laughs> so in Pittsburgh, there's Kennywood, and they have like a you know like a Kitty Land thing, and there is a small like uh, the Ferris, Ferris wheel, wheel in there. Size. The the car, the, the car the, itself. Like, yeah, the car itself was oh. was very tiny. Again, they're, they're like eleven year olds, and they look mean, like they're little, like a little cramped in there. And I'm like, how do adults fit in that thing? Yeah, I mean, well, <laughs> yeah. no, I mean, there definitely are Ferris wheels that you cannot be more than. 36 inches tall to ride. That's yeah, definitely okay. a thing. Yeah, I've, I've seen those in carnivals before. And I've worked at a, an amusement park where we didn't have kiddie versions of a Ferris wheel. But we have seen some before. Mm-hmm. And I've also worked at, we had like the, they call it the Rocco planes, but it was like a Ferris wheel with like the cage on them. So you could actually spin the cage. And even those were pretty tiny, so. I've not been to very many amusement parks, to be fair. And also, like, the one time I did, I think we just kind of, like, walked around and played games and then did go-karts for a bit. It was in, like, God, it was in Toronto. There's, like, a amusement park there. I don't remember what it's called. Jordan, how is how is Kennywood? Is it a, is it a good is it a good park? I've been yeah. thinking about trying to get outside of my, uh, go do so, someplace outside of Ohio. Yeah, I mean it's a pretty fun park. It's a it's uh 
like it's great for like a you know a day trip it uh, for sure right, right you know like it's got it's got it's got an, it's got basically a nice uh like uh, some of the roller coasters are just you know both charming and fun mm-hmm. like you know some of the things that it's got uh it's got a couple and it kind of rotates new attractions and stuff there too so like they try to keep some things newer and stuff like that and you know it's got standard water rides that are just you know on a hot summer day people use to cool off yeah because we've got king's island in cedar point in ohio and i went to king's island this past uh like late summer um and i really enjoyed it and i want to I this this summer I would like to go to do Kings Island and maybe and Cedar Point and maybe one other one in the you know few state area and I think Kennywood's probably like a four hour drive for me so it's not too crazy especially if I wanted to be crazy. <laughs> okay, back to the and now we're back. Uh, that that segment was sponsored by Kennywood. <laughs> <laughs> but yes, so back to the episode at hand. Um, so I. As Optimus comes out of the tunnel of faces, uh, he's presented with the the planet of Cybertron, and we see numerous gigantic explosions erupting on the planet, uh, similar to like nuclear explosions. We don't get like the the mushroom clouds, but they're they're supposed to be representative of these like enormous eruptions coming from the planet as as explosions. Um. Optimus, of course, starts freaking out and he's, you know, looking all around and it gets sort of like his image gets a little sort of wavy as he does. And then he is uh, presented with a grouping of sparks, which is, I guess, supposed to be representative of the Oracle or the Matrix or somehow tied to the AllSpark, maybe. Yeah, I thought it was just a Christmas miracle. (laughs) (laughs) But Optimus essentially, you know, he, he's like, I failed and the, the Matrix or yeah, I'll, I'll refer to it as the Matrix for right now, I guess. Um, the Matrix is, you know, sort of chastising a little bit, I guess you could say, with his actions that he took right before this moment with activating the plasma energy chamber. Uh, but then we're presented with Rhinox in some as neon noodle. Yeah, it is. Oh, it is probably going to be the screen capture for this episode. It does not come across all that well in a 3D animated show, and you get this. It, yeah. Um, I'm trying to remember the part you're talking about. Uh, the last appearance of Rhinox. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. I don't think it looks visually that bad. I think it's just like. It's just so like abrupt and like Rhinox is all like, oh, like it, it's very Christmas carol Yeah. Where it's like, um, don't make the same mistakes I did, Scrooge. <laughs> that kind of thing. I actually think it, it looks visually kind of cool, but like the it looks like neon lights almost, which is kind of yeah. cool. But like um, he just like, why does he regret his actions? Like, it doesn't make any sense. Like, was like when he died, did that make his like potential insanity go away like because i thought it was the whole thing was that he had like logical reasons for being a bad guy so why did he just change his mind when he after he died he acts like like we had a redemption that we didn't get to see and it just it it just it's just very quick and unceremonious rhinox's actual passing and i don't like it very much yeah. yeah i i was gonna say i 
I always got the idea that it wasn't so much as so much as a cured insanity thing is that he uh like well maybe something like he was basically cut off from the oracle and the matrix uh visions and basically this whole thing threw him in there and he actually got to see what basically what optimus has been seeing like he got to see like oh this is what the matrix was trying to tell me blah 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 and i think that's the point where it's like oh okay i see where i made a mistake kind of thing i i do i mean i know it's still very anticlimactic and and Mm -hmm go off but i think that's was what it was it was like the minute he basically got full access back to the all like the matrix and stuff like that he got to see the big picture and that's what made him reconsider so if i may be like philosophical or theological or something um mm-hmm. i back when i was in my days of christianity uh i remember talking to somebody who was in the mental health field and his his thought was that people who are uh you know who have who have issues with mental health uh the way it's like it's like that is there's something there's something that's causing that like uh you know in this case it was satan but like you could say that like rhinox's spark had been corrupted something physically had caused him to have like a warped perspective and then once he dies, yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess he sees the bigger picture, but also that corruption is removed and it's just like his, you know, his soul or whatever uh, is, you know, in its purest form, understands things. And so, you, yeah, it does. I mean, yeah. Or, yeah, I mean, it's like Marley, uh, like 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 Bob Marley or whatever. It was the guy from Scrooge. Um, yeah, but like Bob, I guess Bob Marley doesn't Jake, bother me so much because he's been Cratchit. <laughs> Oh, no, so no. Sorry. It's Jacob Marley um, was oh, yeah. Jacob Marley. Okay, wait, 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 wait. What, what, okay, wait, 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 wait. Jacob Marley. But what was the other brother in the Muppets one named? Uh, oh, wait. It was a. It was a. It. It was a joke. I don't think. I don't know if they actually did call him Bob though. But I, it was some kind of joke. Hold on. I don't remember what it was. Look it up. But okay. Okay. The thing. Of, the thing with Jacob Marley and like why it's not like because Jacob Marley died, didn't get a redemption. And then shows up later saying like he regrets his actions. But J- Jacob Marley was presumably dead for a while before that happened. Yeah. Yeah. It, it wasn't like he just like Redox literally just died. Yeah. Mm. And now he's like, don't make the same mistakes I did. You know, like, and I, I don't like it. Yeah, I, I, I think I mean, the good, bad or indifferent. I don't I don't disagree that it does come off as a little bit lazy. Uh, but I do, I do think that that's kind okay. of, sorry, I, I've looked it up. Yes. Uh, the Saturn Wolf played off, played Jacob and Robert, uh, uh, Marley, oh, which Robert yes, Marley. Robert, <laughs> yes. Also yeah. known as Bob. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, yeah, I think, I think that's why, it, that's why it makes more sense if it's, yeah, if it's like what Jordan was saying or, or like, you know, just sort of a general, like once you die, you have a different perspective. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I think I kind of do agree. It's lazy. It's not as lazy as most of the deaths in Beast Wars, though. True. It's not as lazy uh, as yeah. Scorpionok and Pterosaur. Oh, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I guess. I guess. But also, Redox deserves better than Scorpionok and Pterosaur. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. That's that is a true statement. Mm-hmm. That is a true <laughs> statement. Uh. Yeah, I mean, it's just I think that most of the deaths and I mean, I've 
maybe I'm just maybe I'm just more laid back than I used to be. I, or maybe I just hold things to a lower standard than I used to. But I was gonna say you've been you've been beaten down. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that's what, kind of because it's just like every you know how many characters have had have had awful awful deaths. Oh. I mean, I mean, Airazor. I, I just, uh, <laughs> I, I, huh? I I didn't notice the first time watching, but it it foreshadows a bit here when it goes into Optimus's head. Yeah, I didn't realize that until just Ooh. now. Huh. <laughs> we we I, I mentioned it. In the trivia, and I think I can't remember if Kendall mentioned it too. That I'm, he said the he mentioned the heads of the pre of uh, previous forms. Yeah, uh, from yeah. from like Beast Wars and stuff like that. But yeah, like some of the some of the visions he has does foreshadow coming things. Yes. Ooh, just, just I, must, I must not have said it because I didn't catch because I didn't catch that because I don't know what happens next. <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> I only recognized like one design, and yes. I was like, "Oh, that, pretty, that." Yeah, it, it sort of stood <laughs> out from the rest of them. I didn't notice it the first time watching it because it happens pretty quickly. Yeah, but yes. So uh, Optimus is coming down from his acid trip at this point, and manages. Okay, so also this is very Dennis X Machina. What the fuck happened? He had disintegrated, and now he's back of his original form. What the fuck happened? <laughs> Nobody knows. I, <laughs> I was gonna say, uh. You know, uh, the Matrix did it. Yeah. I just, it, yeah, it's very Des Ex Machina and literally, because literally God just put him back and it, it kind of, I. And God I don't is know a how machine. I feel about it. God <laughs> is a machine, too. Yeah. Yeah, and then he does some bullshit that I'll let Greg explain. You have to well, remember, Emily, you have to bullshit. remember that they're taking my suggestion and just making it even more like a, just a computer game that doesn't exist in a physical world. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, cause... like I computer games ha- computer games some computer games have a lot more coherency than this. Well, there I mean it's a computer <laughs> game version of reboot. Yeah. So so it's it's yeah. Enzo playing a game. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, because essentially what we get here is and uh, we oh, Bob sorry, go ahead. forward, huh? Huh? Uh. <laughs> According to the podcast. See you guys later. <laughs> we had a good run. <laughs> but yes, so we, we've got a sort of like a red energy string and a green energy string. That come out of nowhere. Yeah, they're sort of floating around in the um, air. And it doesn't explain what the fuck's happening. I'm assuming he's grabbing with two doomsday devices and stopping them. Yeah, he's absorbing the energy from from both, I guess. And I only thought of that just and now. I didn't even think about that while watching it because it's such bullshit. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah, he he's acting like a, a conduit for these two energies. Uh, yeah, it's, it's just like an infamous one when uh, you turn back the power on to a certain sector. If anyone yeah. who gets that reference. <laughs> Because in Infamous Wait. One, you'll have like you'll have like two power nodes, and like this power is out. Mm-hmm. So then, like the main character Cole will be like, who's like a lot of electric powers, will become the missing circuit, and then like relight all the power in the city. It's just like that. Ah, uh, yes. So he also manages to reverse the uh, effects on the rest of the Maximals, so they are no longer uh, blue. They are in fact back oh, to normal. Yes. By the way, red and green, the guy that doesn't make purple, I'm pretty sure, but apparently it does here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes, because Optimus absorbs all the energy and then 
shoots it at the floor of the Citadel, which, as it turns out, as it goes through the floors, is, like, Directed so, to the, the, yeah, yeah. The, all the layers, like, it's a complete straight line from the Citadel down through the layers of Cybertron to where the tree was to where the ruins were all the way down to the Oracle. Because the energy blast hits the Oracle, the Oracle has a reaction. There's a brilliant flash of light, and Optos makes more funny sounds. And then the next thing we know, we are panning through Cybertron with all of the drones deactivated. Just flying around. Yep. And we then come upon the rest of the Baxels, who are surveying the scene and Cheetor, Night Scream, and Black Arachnia are all sort of like, what just happened? Understandable. Yes. Uh, they're moving around trying to figure out what happened, and they come upon a... I, oh, I, sorry, I go ahead. I presume there was kind of a time skip here, because like otherwise this doesn't make any sense how they meet up with this particular character, because this particular character was very far away in a command room. Yeah. <laughs> Because what happens is one of the the drones starts to sort of spasm. But as it turns out, there was a manhole cover underneath it and out pops Rat Trap. Even a manhole cover or is it just a piece of street that he ripped out? No, I think it was a manhole cover. Why do they have manhole covers in a a place of robots? Why do they have sewers? Uh, Access fluid. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking at it. It's one of those triangular manhole covers that they've got. One of those triangle or manhole covers, you know, like everywhere has. <laughs> everywhere on Cybertron, anyway. That's what that's what threw me off as a triangle shape. Yeah, but yeah, he's like, does anybody get the number of that truck that hit me? Cheetor, meanwhile, is man. I hate know. when you get hit by a truck and you get turned oh, into a robot no, he says, for a bit. He says, yeah. a, he says a load lifter. That's what. Oh yeah, he says, you know. Yeah. Load lifters, load lifters. When they hit you, you do become fully technological. It's true. Mm. Vaporators are very. My first job was programming binary load lifters. (laughs) Very similar to your vaporators in most respects. (laughs) Is that Star Wars or Futurama? That is in fact Star Wars. Star Wars. It's what it's what because Uncle Owen says that he he doesn't need a protocol droid. What he needs is somebody that can understand the binary language of moisture evaporators. Yep, protocol droids can't do that. No, well, apparently C three PO was can. trying to say he could. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because his well, first job C three PO specifically is a guy who um, translates stuff, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. So he doesn't mean literally the understanding the like he means like somebody yeah somebody who can work with can work with this type of machine. And probably C-3PO can work with that kind of machine because he was built on Tatooine to help with the Lars. He used to live on the Lars Moisture Farm. So so he probably. But of course he doesn't remember it. Yeah, yeah. And Uncle Owen doesn't doesn't remember it either, I guess. (laughs) Well, you know, it was he was a different color. (laughs) That's yeah. uh. I mean, if you if you owned a car, if you owned a car and then 40 years later, you saw a a similar car, only it was gold this time. You wouldn't assume that it was the same car. What if it I'm, like okay? I, 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 yeah. I guess I don't know. Is there like a lot of C three POs? So there's okay. similar models of of C three PO. Yes. So this is but my is head it like, cannon. 
Because if there's only one C-3PO, that doesn't make any sense. That name should just like be like, oh, that's C-3PO. But if there's a lot of C-3PO models, then okay. So well, the, they aren't all called C three PO. Yeah, I think I think that um, I mean I'm sure that there's not literally, uh, although I have heard I did that b- fan theory back in the day that that that's the reason that R two and three PO are around for so many movies because they only have there's only so many combinations of f- of four letters, uh, so there can only be you know however many you know whatever x ex- exponent number of droids in the entire galaxy at all time. But no, I do think I do think that there can be that there are that that is a it is a it's a designation. Um, Sometimes sometimes those designations actually stand for something. I don't know if C-3PO does or not. But my headcanon is that the reason that Anakin is able to build C-3PO as a as an eight year old is he basically is building it out of some kind of kit. Like maybe he doesn't have all the pieces, but like he's got some kind of instructions or some kind of some kind of basis that he's that he's using to build the they're, C3PO unit. They're modular and and standardized. Yeah, yeah. 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 Even if he even if he has to scavenge some of the parts, maybe he found part of the kit or something like that. That's my I mean that's my personal headcanon. I mean most most things are objectively true or false in Star Wars. That's one that I that I think you can have discussions about. Hmm. But yeah. Much better than so, discussing like who's the chosen one. <laughs> uh but getting back to the episode so the the maximals have made their way inside the citadel at this point trying to figure out what's going on uh they first come across the uh still body of megatron in his uh control harness only to then see the body literally disintegrate in front of their eyes uh rat trap of course way on it but discuss the wind yep and what was the the line that Rat Trap had here? I'm trying to oh, remember. Oh, he's not going to be sending them many Christmas cards soon. Oh yes, apparently Cybertron has Christmas. Well, yes. Remember, I it's in. There's that article in. Uh, oh yes, that's right. Sometimes even Decepticons are are filled with the Christmas spirit and have to give and have to be nice. Yes, true <laughs> enough. But yes, uh, we then see Tankor's body, and Rat Trap approaches him. And he taps it. Given what happened with Megatron, I don't know why he would do so, but the whole body just collapses around him. <laughs> and finally, and so they start looking around, uh, and then they come across the remains of Optimus. And yeah, it, it looks like Optimus was squished by a uh, like a pavement roller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Uh, Yeah, or or like or like he was hit by the evaporator beam from the um, Batman 60s movie. Yes. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, I definitely feel like that's like a like that's a there are several there are several examples of people becoming two dimensional. Yeah. Yeah, because it's like the outline of his body and you have certain parts like his hands and his chest and his forehead that are more solid. But the rest of his body is like dust, but it's still in the outline, like the shape of his body on the ground. Yeah. Yeah. It, it just looked weird. So it shows us that we're all just dust on the wind. Yeah. And then Night Scream is a dick. He's a huge dick. Yes. <laughs> I'll just let the listeners okay. hear. Let's 
thought he wanted Optimus out of the picture. Disagreeing with somebody's ideas isn't the same thing as wanting them slagged. I never wanted this, never. Okay, okay. Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> I thought you wanted Optimus out of the picture. Like, well, like, and then like Rat Trap like defends the kid. I guess just because he doesn't want to fight to happen. But no, like, fuck that kid. That was the yeah. shittiest thing. To that say. Is, he just fucking died. <laughs> like, that is the most what an asshole. I, that is the most irredeemable thing that Night Scream has done in the entire series. Especially because yeah. yeah. it was fucking Night Scream who was stirring the pot in the first place. Yeah, he kind of was. Yeah, it was not. Yeah, I I can't blame Cheetor for for going off on him like that. I would have done the same. In fact, I probably I probably would have slugged the kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, the, like, wow. Like, that's like again, his corpse is still hot. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, still crispy, if you might. It's it's still like smoldering. You see like steam coming off of it, and he's like. <laughs> yeah, you wanted him dead anyways, <laughs> dick. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, it's um at least like it, it. The reaction that Night Scream has right after is like, "Holy shit, he really scared the piss out of me there." Like he, <laughs> you know, he, he's sort of cowering a bit, and but yeah, it. And of course, when Rat Trap, you know, tries to defend him, and then Night Scream's like, <laughs> but. Yeah, it, it it was yeah, it was bad. Um we we then have a bit of a discussion between all of the Maximals about what they do from here on in. Cheetor talks about carrying on the 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 dream that Optimus had. Uh we get, then get Rat Trap who talks just, about repopulating the planet and then you hear bounce bounce <laughs> <laughs> No, it doesn't happen. <laughs> Because they repopulated in a very different way with souls and putting it in bodies. Are they going to yes. try to? Um, they, they talk about trying to find the the sparks that Megatron had taken, or at least they're assuming that the sparks are still somewhere. Uh, we then get uh, Rat Trap who interfaces with like the city computer this, as Cheetor wants to see about trying to get to work and about trying to bring the planet back online, only to find out that. The computer, like, it's pretty much a blank. Like, the, well, like there's. It's funny because Retrap's like, hmm, interesting. Oh, very interesting. And I'm like, what is it? Is like, there's nothing there? Zero. Yeah, I think he says, like, the planet's basically brain dead. Yeah. Yeah, essentially. Uh, the Which, you know, everybody is a bit disappointed in that. Uh, but then we get an explosion. And as it turns out, two others are still on the planet. And those two are Jet Storm and Thrust. Uh, we get a bit of an exchange between the two groups, and you know, credit to to Cheetor because Black. Okay, Rack- okay. Before you go any further, I okay. want you guys to think about the War and Beast theme song from the from Beast Wars, mm-hmm. and then listen to this clip. Why are we even fighting? The war is over. Megatron's gone. Oh, like you've got something better to do. <laughs> well, what else were we going to do? What else were they going to do? It's, it's great. That's just the best. And this whole, this whole like back and forth, like Black Arachnia is like, 
Black Arachne is like, oh, we can be together. You know, you can be Silverbolt again. And then they're like, no, we don't want to be, you know, we just got rid of our old boss. And they bicker. And then Black Arachne is like, no, seriously, I don't care. It doesn't, none of this matters. <laughs> it's just you can join and not fight. Like, you can like, just, just hang out. Like, we don't have to fight and destroy things. Because <laughs> you don't want to be someone yeah. else. And I mean, like, fair <laughs> enough for Jetstorm. And it, honestly, it is kind of tragic that, like, Thrust and Jetstorm are these entirely unique personalities that have to go to, like... Because yeah. even if they're, like, bad guys, it's still, like, really fucked up. That, like, yeah. they have these distinct personalities yeah. that essentially have to die for them I to mean, get their friends back. Even that, like, one that one line where he's, like, uh, where, like... Thrust is like, oh no, yeah, like, because there's like that moment where it looked like Jetstorm was maybe considering it. And he's like, oh no, it's like I just lost my boss. I'm not losing my friend too. And Jetstorm was like, wait, oh, I'm your friend? That. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and Thrust is like, why not? Yeah, but I yeah. really love that scene. <laughs> like, that's really, it's yeah. really cool yeah. and like really cute. Honestly, that Thrust is like, I'm always he's like, we're friends, and he's like, yeah, why not? Like, I and I think it's like, and I think Jetstorm probably like was like thinking about that for a second. Like, yeah. I, I guess like, and yeah. I just, I love that. I love it. I love it. Friends are good. It's okay for yeah. bad guys to just be friends. And I love it. <laughs> and I, I no, I, I like this scene a lot. Cause I, I do think that there is an aspect to, and especially, especially beast wars and beast machines to like, what is the, what is even the point of them fighting? Like usually the, there is like some big picture master plan take over the universe thing, but it's not like, it's not as direct as in, in most superhero stuff. It's like this person is trying to conquer the earth or they're trying to rob a bank or they're trying to kill somebody or something like that. And the superhero is defending what they, what they love. But in beast wars it and, and in, and in beast machines, it's, it's a, it is like a, it is like a war where, it's this faction versus this faction more mm-hmm. than just more than just uh yeah more than just more than just a a good a good versus evil struggle and so especially once you once you remove the like sort of extreme leaders which you know that's the whole the whole theme of this is like it's moderation over over extremism uh <laughs> once you remove those those extremist leaders Everybody else really could just all get along. They're like, well, what's, you know, why are we even fighting? Like, and it totally makes sense because it's like there's there's six of us left alive. There's six Transformers left alive. Uh, and none of us really have anything else going on. Like, you know, we don't the, the planet is broke and we don't know how to fix it. And I mean, there's plenty of space. We could all just get along. And, but then they have to. They do fight a little bit, and the fight's very bad. It's a very bad fight scene because it's just like random shots of action with no actual like connecting of anything. And it's like I don't know. I don't. I don't really care for it. I think maybe they were trying to go for like a joke because it kind of just all stops. But like I didn't really like it. Uh, They had to stop twice though. That's the funny thing too. (laughs) Yeah. Well, it's it's funny because the first time the Cheetor stops it, but then the second time Cheetor is in a fight, which is kind of funny. Yeah. But like, um. They, they they eventually do kind of just stop and go their own ways, which I, I I enjoyed. I will say that like um with like with 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 Beast Wars, you mentioned like there is like eventually a universe saving plot, but the first season of Beast Wars is kind of just like a race to get off the planet, I guess a little bit. Yeah, because other than bit. that, they don't really have a conflict because like I guess I guess Megatron's trying to get Energon to bring back to the Predacons is what we think the whole thing is. And that's the only thing they're trying to stop. But it doesn't seem like 
right, right. Yeah, there's no there's no one on Earth they're protecting though. Like you're right. Yeah, like, yeah. It's a um, it's a it's we brought we brought it up before. It's re- it's that red versus blue. The first episode of Red versus Blue, <laughs> where like, you know, even if we won, we would have two bases in a gorge with no way in or out. Yeah. I will say that like the Predacons are coded to be evil, even if like the acts they're not doing on it seem like like they, they could have easily had like a show with two neutral parties. But they made the Predacons like they're all backstabbers. Nobody's really like it, like Thrust and Jetstorm saying they're friends is the first time we've had two bad guys say they're friends. That's in the true. Yeah. Like that's yeah. Like, and, and, that, I, and that makes Jetstorm and Thrust instantly more rootable for and more relatable because <laughs> like they're just assholes. The Predacons in like the first three seasons. No, I'm actually trying to think if there was any like like. Uh, Decepticon camaraderie characters in, in G1, and I'm having trouble remembering that. I know mm-hmm. some there's some that came afterwards. Well, and, 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 the com- and the comics, right. of course. The cassette, yeah. The, the oh, yeah, cassette, I guess you, yeah, I guess the, in a way. The cassettes, like, they like Soundwave. They were like, yeah, Soundwave's cool. Yeah, yeah, and Rumble and Frenzy at times kind of acted like, you know, good friends and pranksters together, so I guess that in a way that was kind of like a thing. But yeah, it's it's not a very normal thing. No. Yeah. For for Transformers, apparently. Yeah, yeah. I mean I mean no, I'm not saying I'm not saying that I'm not saying that in Beast Wars the the Predacons weren't uh weren't jerks and and you know no, constantly I know backstabbing just, each I just, other. I, I do I mean I do think they're obviously the good guys in that, but you know, because <laughs> of stuff we've gone through. But no, um also the other thing is because I you know, it's interesting you said it's a shame that these are unique personalities. I kind of feel like they're there's a like you could merge the personalities. Um, like I don't I don't necessarily feel like there was a conflict between Tankor and Rhinox. I mean, except for maybe in that one episode where they made Tankor a good guy, but Rhinox was more conflicted with himself. And then uh Waspinator loves being uh thrust. You know, he likes <laughs> being the cool, the cool silent type. Um, and then, you know, Jet Jetstorm is Super hammy, just in a different way than Silverbolt. I do think. That- yeah, but I don't think Silverbolt would would appreciate Jetstorm very much. <laughs> I, I think Thru- I get a point there where Thrust and Wasp Eater could just kind of stay where they are and be kind of both parties be pretty happy with it, so they only have to do much with him. It would be cool for us, like, because I, I feel like Thrust could on his own be a good guy eventually, um, but like Jetstorm uh, and 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 uh, Silverbolt are so. They have similarities, but they're like very different in how they apply those similarities. Right, right. They mm-hmm. wouldn't enjoy sharing the same body, but it might have been interesting if they had like both characters kind of switch on and off. Mm-hmm. But again, I don't know because Jetstorm. I don't. I can't see Jetstorm being a good guy. I can see I, yeah, Russ I, being a good guy. Yeah, I mean, I guess what I what I was getting at is you've got is you've got if you think about I and mean, this this might be aspects of Silverbolt showing through. Because you know, Silverbolt has crazy amount of loyalty to everybody that he meets, mm-hmm. and uh, and then Waspinator was tired of being was was tired of being the the punching bag and tired of being evil, and then you know becomes Thrust and is suddenly cool. You know, Waspinator probably likes having friends, so you know it's uh, so it wants to be friends with uh, with Jetstorm and Jetstorm. Yeah, like I said, there's some there is some there is some, probably underneath the levels of of ham there's uh there's some loyalty there 
Yeah, I think that's true. I think I think Jetstorm and Thrust could could definitely be friends. Yeah, and I hope they yeah. do kind of show that in the coming episodes, but we'll see. Yeah. But so getting back to the episode, when Thrust and and Jetstorm make their exit, uh, the Maximals are sort of left wondering, well, what are we going to do now? And Cheetor's like, well, at this point, I think. We should try and see if the Oracle will communicate with us since Optimus isn't with us any longer. And we need to try and keep his dream alive. And I think to do that, we need the Oracle. So we get a, a an extended sequence, pretty much scene for scene, at least locales of the pilot episode, like the journey yeah, to the, the Oracle the main, that they have. The main difference is Nightscape is there, Optimus isn't, and that they're all in robot mode now because they don't really worry about being in animal form all the time because yeah. there's no enemy. So yeah. So we we get they all get to the the uh, the bridge that they first came across with the Oracle. The flames are shooting up. Cheater puts his hand into the flames and as everyone you know waits with bait with anticipation, the flames disperse and we're confronted with the Oracle and inside the, the giant orb is Optimus in his robot form. And he's making oh, like the sounds those, again. It's like one of those uh, <laughs> balls with the character in it that you can like, bounce. Yeah. I, had a oh, I was going to say, I was gonna say it's a snow globe, and when you shake it, the sparks fly around. <laughs> <laughs> ah, earthquake! <laughs> oh, God, a Power Rangers flashbacks. <laughs> <laughs> so, Chior is like, Optimus, and... So we would have had a commercial break. And when it comes back, uh, Optimus, we, we've got Cheetor who, who's rushing towards the Oracle with his swords drawn. And Optimus tells him, Cheetor, no. And Cheetor just bounces off. Like we get a little shot of energy. Yeah, bouncy ball. Yeah. And he just bounces off. And, you know, he flies back and shakes his head. And everybody's like, Oh my gosh! How how do we get Optimus out of this? And Optimus is like, "You don't. I've I've made my peace. I'm ready to go to the Matrix." And at this point, I, I just want your forgiveness. Yes. And then Radtrap's like, "There's nothing to forgive you for." And then like, it's kind of a nice heartwarming scene where they're like, Optimus, like you forgot all the good things you did too, buddy. Because <laughs> we get. I've oh, got sorry, I've go got ahead. that I've got that clip. If you guys want to hear it, yep. yeah, sure. Is that you forgive me for my transgressions so I can move on from this plane? There's nothing to forgive, Optimus. You gave me a family when I lost everyone. You led us to victory at the cost of your own life. I can forgive you for your mistakes, but not for giving up. Without your leadership, we'd have all gone offline when we first hit this planet. Without your guidance, we would have never mastered transforming in these techno-organic bodies. Without your vision, Cybertron will never truly be restored. My fanaticism almost destroyed this planet. Lead them, Cheetor. Lead them well. We need you, Optimus. I need you. Yeah. It is a pretty good scene because I mean, yeah, I like know, that scene. We we get we, we've had Optimus do his heroic sacrifice and 
you know, everybody commenting on all the good that he did. But Cheetor makes a good point, too. In, you know, it's like if you have the means to come back and continue, don't give up. It, it's, you know, it's right there. Uh-huh. Um, and of course, from here, once we have this sort of big flash, we are then treated to Optimus in space once again. A whole uh, bunch of other Optimuses. Yeah, it's a whole bunch of gorillas in space. <laughs> gorillas in space. Yes. And they're all sort of spinning around, and Optimus is, is sort of looking on into the, you know, outward into space. And he is confronted once again with the Matrix and is saying that he's ready. And, and the Matrix is sort of looking like it's spinning around and we get like a little glowy center to it. Um, and he starts approaching it. Uh, he's like, I'm ready. And he, he has a bit of a discussion with the matrix. And then the matrix uh, sort of gives him a vision. We see the flower that we saw in the pilot episode that Kendall talked about. Um, the matrix starts talking about, you know, the decisions that he made and, Optimus takes hold of a spark in his hand and he, we see a bit of a flashback to that first episode, then to episodes from Beast Wars where Optimus talks about how, you know, they they got the, the organic matter from Earth to bring back to Cybertron and that it was all part of the Oracle's plan. Uh, we're, you know, treated to some scenes with from Beast Wars with, you know, everybody transforming. We see the scene at the very end of the series where Megatron is attached to the top of the shuttle and it <laughs> yep. goes into the transwarp portal. And then we get, you know, some, some cuts from throughout the first season of beast machines. Uh, namely, like we see the, the big vine that was uh, around the building at one point and we see Cheetor and rat trap and Optimus has a smile on his face as he's watching this. And so he starts it's like to, a it's like a weird smile. Like I I know you wanted to do the the Rhinox uh the Rhinox thing as the episode image, but I saw that I was like, that looks like a Warren Bees episode image. Well, yeah, <laughs> we could do that too. I I mean it's 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 your call. I just I just it very much looked like an episode image to me. Kendall wants to nominate it, is what you see. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, I mean I you're whatever, you know. I you know most people probably download it off of iTunes and don't see the episode image anyway. <laughs> but yeah, the whole point of all these flashbacks is that he's realizing that like they weren't supposed to make it so that organics took over Cybertron. They gotta have a balance yes. between technology and organics and you know, like I'm not I'm not a fan of centrism, but it makes sense here because yeah, you should have like a mix between these two helpful things that aren't by itself bad. <laughs> yeah. And so as the Matrix seems to start sucking KBA, Optimus is like, I'm ready, but it's not my time yet. And so as he says that, he sort of is able to launch himself away from it. Uh, floating backwards, and then we see the, the sort of breaking. It's very reminiscent of the the first episode where he threw the rock, and it broke through the illusion. And it's sort of a repeat of that. And so we cut back to the other Maximals, 
as we've got this bright flash coming from the Oracle and then Optimus in his robot mode, you know, walks out of the Oracle back into existence. And of course, everybody's really happy and, you know, Optimus is his bubbles. Yeah. And then we get a bunch of techno organic trees that sprout up all around the Oracle. Oh, well, I think we first get the Oracle talking to Optimus, but how like he he was fast his final test and he's yes he's he's able to like reach self actualization and what i laughed at there is is the look on rat trap's face <laughs> when all this yeah. is happening he's got this like he's got this kind of neutral face on with his eyes like darting back and forth like okay this is happening <laughs> like, yeah. he's, is yeah, anybody else seeing this yeah. <laughs> it's so good <laughs> yeah, like, really i gotta say this this scene more almost more than anything else feels like feels like the end credits of a of a video or the end cut scene of a video game. <laughs> yeah. 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 Cause we get the these trees that sprout up around the the bridge and around the Oracle. And these are techno-organic trees. They're a mix of organic and technological, which Black Arachne is the first to, to comment on noticing that. Uh, and Optimus says, yes, exactly. It's a balance. between. That's what we need to strive for is a balance between the technological and the organic and not oh. one extreme or another. Oh, that was Robot trees. I kind of liked about that flashback was he says, like, the whole, we, we, we should have known all along the clue was our bodies – yeah. And again, I think I think uh, I think the 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 Oracle or the Matrix even said like the secrets inside yourself and like yeah, yeah. like you you need to have like they, like their bodies are a perfect blending of technology and organic and they should they they didn't really clue into that the whole first season that's what they should be doing but I I mean it makes sense and I like that they're discovering it now and it, it kind of has this cool like wrap around. Effect well, well like, and they also yes. um the secret was inside you all along <laughs> yeah yeah the beast wars were the friends we made along the way um but <laughs> it i i do i do think that it's easy to sort of sort of overcorrect when you have because because the other side of it is they just showed up i mean i know that we you know i i'm sort of contradicting myself here but at the beginning of at the beginning of last season they just kind of sh- they were on this planet and they woke up and Megatron was trying to exterminate them. Yep. And then they find out that all organic life has been wiped has has been erased from Cybertron when Cybertron should have had organic life on it, you know. And so so they they want to bring that back and but then, you know, then as a sort of a last resort as a final thing at the by the end of the season Optimus is is actively anti-technology and and so the the idea being that just that that, that just because that that you can you know it's it's not unreasonable to you know get sort of get uh entrenched in your in your positions but you just have to realize at what point you're you're taking things too far you know you be mm-hmm. uh, to quote you too uh, you become a mon- I, I'm sure you two's quoting somebody else, but you become a monster, so the monster cannot break you. I I'm sure that now that that's gonna bug me because I'm sure that Bono is quoting somebody else in that song, but <laughs> um I'll I'll look that up. But uh yeah, I mean it's it's but yeah, it's cool. It's cool. It's good stuff. Yeah. 
So we we've now cut to uh, Cybertropolis, and we've got the Maximals walking, you know, through this throughout the the city, uh, sort of trying to figure out where they go from here. But as they do that, uh, we then get a, a rumbling occurring in the ground and everybody's like, what's going on? And, you know, everybody's freaking out. Uh, Night Scream manages to, to start flying. He's looking around and we then see something lifting up from the ground. And this shadow starts to cast over the Maximals as we then pan up. And we see what appears to be a giant floating head, namely <laughs> the head of Megatron. And like, I completely forgot about this, but as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh yeah, that does happen, doesn't it? Yep. <laughs> so I guess that is a, just a YouTube, a U, YouTube, a YouTube quote uh, from, from their song, Peace on Earth, well, uh, which was a very, very formative. A very cool thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that's a good song. A uh, very formative album for me, off of their uh, "All That You Can't Leave Behind." Um, I the the giant Megatron head thing. It kind of reminded me of how Brainiac is treated in Superman comics sometimes. Yeah. Like like he, you know, he yeah. It's it is literally just a Brainiac head, but like you fight like one version of Brainiac, and then another version of Brainiac shows up. And- the whole idea is that Brainiac can like transfer his like consciousness to other robot forms right or whatever uh yeah to some ex- yeah to some extent it's an artificial intelligence and uh yeah and then there's others there's other weird stuff i don't know my knowledge of superman lore is is slightly limited but uh it definitely is a thing like where there's lots of different brainiac forms yeah it's almost like hasbro designed brainiac <laughs> So yeah, that's the end of the episode. Um, uh, everybody want to give their quick impressions? Giant and then, head. Yes. Yeah, then, um, I I really like the episode. I we talked a lot of praise on it. Um, I did. We also had some big negative complaints, but I will say as a caveat to me enjoying this episode, it's a mess, and I think it was on purpose. It was a mess. Like it feels like kind of this like. Oh, geez, what's the word for it? Uh, I'm trying to think of a uh, God. I said it yesterday when I was talking to Cassie about watching it after. <laughs> but um, it, it's it's kind of like Beast, Beast Machines, despite being like on Metal Cybertron, is a lot more of a spiritual show yes. than Beast Wars was. Even though Beast Wars had its moments, it's it's very um, kind of like this drug trip is a bad it's not the word i want to use but it's the only word i can think of right now <laughs> kind of episode where like you just kind of go from thing to thing and all this random mystical stuff happens that isn't really entirely explained and it's kind of like a, a mix match of like different tones and and there's different there's distinct like parts to this episode where you have like the part where optimus is dead and figuring shit out you have the part where we get the the maximals and what they're doing and then we get the part of the end that gets like kind of mystical again mm-hmm. and it, it's very it's not eclectic it's not the word i'm thinking of unless it is um inconsistent not inconsistent like uh haphazard parts of an e i know it does ah uh, i hate this and i can't think of this word right now evil um, no because <laughs> it kind of sounds like eclectic but not eclectic unless eclectic is the word i'm thinking of Ec- eccentric Centric is not it either. Okay. 
Uh, uh, the the meaning of eclectic is deriving ideas, style, or taste from a broad and diverse range of sources. Yeah, it's not that word, but like <laughs> it's 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 weird and and kind of uh, it's a jumble of things. It's I can't think of a right word for it, but it's it's you have to see it. But like it's kind of a mess. But I liked it. You're not <laughs> thinking of eso. You're not thinking of esoteric. Yeah, there you That's go. It. That's okay. the huh. think of. Thank you so much. Okay. <laughs> Let's just read that whole bit. <laughs> <laughs> so in conclusion, for a more concise thing, it's a good episode, but it's esoteric and strange, and it might not be your thing, but I can think of like a few animes that have had like an episode like this, where it's like like the ed- the last episode of Evangelion is just like ridiculous. But it's not yeah. this it's not that ridiculous, but it's kinda like that where it's like just a, a random thing where it's mostly about optimus and where he needs to go forward and it kind of uses uh, a spiritual journey kind of aesthetic for that and it's it's interesting it is bullshit but i liked it (laughs) yeah you know it's interesting you said you brought up anime because i think there are a lot of sailor moon episodes that kind of are like this yeah. Um, but specifically, and this isn't, this isn't, uh, it doesn't exactly line up with what you were saying, but my take on this episode is similar to what my take was on season one, episode 45, Death of the Sailor Guardians, the, the tragic final battle, uh, where all the Sailor Guardians die at the end of season one of Sailor Moon. And it's a, it's like an episode that I was while well, I was watching it this, you know, a year ago or whatever, when I was, when I was uh, watching that season of sailor moon, I was like, if I was a kid in the nineties, which I was a kid in the nineties, but if I was watching it at that point, I would be mm-hmm. hanging on to every word. I would think this is the coolest thing ever because this is like the biggest, you know, the biggest uh, bunch of gobbledygook, uh, you know, they're being philosophical <laughs> and all this stuff. That's kind of how I felt about this episode. Like I would have thought, I mean, I would have thought that the, that the, um, although they're going a little, they've, they've done this, they've done these, uh, these weird, uh, tech demos of, of closing in on the entire universe and zooming out, uh, a lot on the show, but then mm-hmm. they did it even more on this episode, but I would have thought that was the coolest thing. Um, and, uh, you know, when Optimus, you think he's going to die and then he doesn't die. And like the voice acting is actually, you know, has, like I've said, been saying like the voice acting in this, in this show is good. Like, like it's with no, with no caveat, but it's like, if I was, if I was as invested in this show as I probably would have been, if I was watching it every Saturday morning as a 12, as a 10 year old. Or, or especially like if I was like in that sort of like when I was like a, a teenager and like I think I'm the, that first time when you're like discovering that these shows that for kids have like some deep messages and especially with this show being like so trying to be gritty and everything, uh, I would have just this would have been like my favorite episode of any show ever. <laughs> it's I mean, like, I mean, my, my favorite episode of Digimon as a kid was 21 and it's a little bit like that, too. So, I mean, and I thought it because it just it just seemed so big and mature mm. and and interesting. So I get what you're saying. Well, it's even like it's <laughs> even like there's I mean, there's Dragon Ball Z stuff where you're like, it, it's a slightly different feeling because Dragon Ball Z was a, you know, a daily soap opera where not a lot happens. Um, 
If you want to hear Emily talk about Dragon Ball Z, you go to Home for Infinite Losers. Well, they're not on Dragon Ball Z that much. I mean, we talk about a little bit in the future. Go to uh, in 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 a year and a half. I don't know how many episodes of Dragon Ball there are. A lot. There's There's a hundred. There's 150 of the first series. Yeah. Yeah, you guys just got to the first tournament arc, right? Like, we're not even there yet. We just we just finished the last. Uh, oh, so getting... it's the training with Roshi. Yeah, huh? next episode's training. Yeah. Okay. Well, you guys wow. just—you guys just need to syndicate your episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you need to contract out some some podcasters to to help produce some episodes. Yeah, no, it's ours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear there's I hear there's but... some good uh, Korean podcast studios. Uh... <laughs> God. Yeah, I I thought the episode was was good. Um, certainly, it had it didn't have it had some not so great moments, but it had some pretty good moments too. Like definitely, I found the you know all the Maximals talking to Octos. I thought that was a very poignant scene. Um, think we could have done with a little bit less monkey in space, but you know. also Optimus is Jesus. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> like he is, like straight yeah. up. <laughs> Man. Jordan, did you give your thoughts or oh not not specifically. I, I like the episode. I mean there I thought it was kind of neat. I thought it was like I mean, there's still stuff that we kind of are wondering about, like <laughs> what's gonna happen now and kind of things. And but I think it kind of wrapped up I, I think it kind of basically brought at least a good through line from season one. Like it basically it's it's kind of like, okay, this is this is moving from one one story arc to another and they're not leaving much out like they're not they're not leaving too many things up in the air or that they're or leaving you questioning things or they make it obvious that they're going to answer those questions if they do have them yeah i'm a little interested if they're going to have like a new tank or or they're going to forget about the tank drones (laughs) (laughs) i'm curious about that well you'll just have to wait and see yeah But yeah, so why don't we take a quick break here, and then when we get back, we've got a news post from Casey and a couple of questions that we'll address. And on the break, you guys can listen to Optimus's monologue. I know the true nature of our mission. The answer has been inside us all along, inside our bodies. That's why the Matrix sent us to Earth in the first place, to bring back the organic within our bodies, to restore it to the very body of Cybertron. But the Matrix never intended for the organic to replace the technological. It didn't want us to fight a war, but to create a balance, the techno-organic balance between machine and the organic. Yes, I am ready to join the Matrix. But not today. And we're back. So hopefully you enjoyed the quote that Kendall popped in there. Uh, so as always, we have our news posts provided to us by at Lady K Hirsch on Twitter. This week, Casey writes, hey there, beasties. Today, Optimus learned that genocide is bad. Also, Rhinox apologized for being a techno-fascist. Why are the Maximals so prone to doing Nazi stuff in this show? They should take a look at the Golden Disc and learn why that's bad before Cheetor does something horrible, too. 
Then again, Optimus keeps trying to push his revisionist history that the Beast Wars were actually the Matrix's way of getting organic matter to Cybertron, despite Cybertron clearly still having its own organic matter beneath the surface. Clearly, he's just trying to shift the narrative so people forget how he fumbled the proverbial ball at the last minute and caused all the problems in Beast Machines to happen. Maybe next, he'll change his name to Dr. Zaius Prime and start saying apes evolved from primitive humans. But enough bashing Optimus Primal. For now, at least. Let's move on to the news. What? Dr. Zaius didn't say that apes evolved. Dr. Zaius said that they didn't evolve, that it had always been that way. Anyway, go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> First up, it looks like those Transformers Evergreen designs might be making their way into the main toy line. The budget Authentics toy line has been available in certain brick and mortar stores as well as Hasbro's online store for a while now. In addition, the designs have continued to appear on non-toy items like greeting cards, stationery, and more. Over the past few weeks, new evidence has appeared that suggests we'll be getting new, higher-quality toys with a greater level of paint detail and articulation based on these designs as well. Over the past few weeks, merchandise like die-cast vehicles and RC cars have received new packaging in some regions, ditching the new R.I.D. cartoon designs in favor of the evergreen designs of characters. More importantly... Weibo user TF Factory has posted images of what appears to be deluxe and Voyager-sized class, excuse me, class packaging for Evergreen Bumblebee, with the contents of the packages obscured. She goes on to provide us with a couple of links for it, so we'll make sure that we get it, get them out this week. And I got the links out this week for Yay. the episode. Uh, none of this packaging matches up with any already released toys of Evergreen Bumblebee. While TF Factory has been a reliable source in the past, there's no guarantee that any of this is 100% legit, or if these were hypothetical mock-ups for something Hasbro ended up deciding not to do. Casey goes on to say, I'd definitely be excited to see Generation-style toys of these designs, but she also hopes they won't supplant the actual Generations line itself. Generations toy line's actually been kind of good, and I kind of like how everything's been kind of, like, all the, like, like the connecting points and stuff like that are interchangeable so they're still standard i guess you could say yeah they still have a sort of standard format to it um she also says that also we don't need a deluxe and voyager bumblebee and she knows that he's a popular character but he's a wee boy he's not a big voyager class boy regardless Voyager class would look like a deluxe yeah (laughs) Regardless, she imagines we'll learn more at the 2018 New York Toy Fair, which starts on Saturday, February the 17th. Speaking of, Takara has announced that they will be appearing at Japan Wonder Festival 2018, which runs parallel to NYTF 2018. Takara will be debuting their Power of the Primes figures at the show, as well as the upcoming studio series movie toy line. It doesn't seem like Takara will plan to make any big announcements at the show, but it's possible they could surprise us with something new. She does provide us with a couple of links here. Uh, She goes on to say, while there is a festival-exclusive toy, Takara is bringing back one they've used before to do it. This Evasion Mode Nemesis Prime was previously at TFXO 2014, and it was an exclusive, but it certainly looks good enough that it deserves a second release. It is kind of cool looking. I like the the red windshields. Yeah. Um, she says, it's amazing how much the movie prime head lends itself to being evil. 
not going to go there. Not opening up old wounds. <laughs> Finally, for this week, the news was light enough for me to bring back an older feature we haven't had time for. Let's take a look at a toy picture gallery. She provides us with a link. She says, this week we'll be admiring the beautiful MP39 Sunstreaker from late last year. She says, God, this toy looks good. I think the most impressive feature for me is how they were able to engineer it so that the exposed custom engine supercharger intakes can be transformed to hide in the rear of the car and that taillights can switch between looks as well, allowing for both a realistic in real life alt mode as well as a G1 toy and cartoon accurate alt mode. This, as well as the accurately opening doors, hoods, and pop-up headlights were likely necessary feats of engineering to get the notoriously finicky folks at Lamborghini to license the toy despite him featuring modifications the actual company would never allow on an actual Lamborghini Countach LP500S. I actually I find that, that kind of really neat. Yeah. You know, that that they made it that basically so that the Lamborghini would not get mad or force them to change the design. Yeah. They they were able to basically make it so that the car can look like what it's supposed to look like to them mm-hmm. and still be able to change into a toy like a show accurate version as well. Yeah. So Casey goes on to say kudos to the designers for not only making these features work but making them work without compromising any other features on the figure. She goes on to say, what do you think of this very vain, very sexy yellow fellow? Oh, I was also going to point out that I find that rather appropriate for Sunstreaker, that yeah. they went the extra mile to, to uh, on his appearance. Yeah, because he is the type of character that would be like that. He looks fucking awesome. Yeah. <laughs> and that uh, Optimus toy, I don't know if we mentioned that already or not, because yep. I wasn't... Yeah, that looks really good, too. Mm-hmm. So, so Cornelius is the character that says that apes evolved from humans. Just <laughs> okay. Okay. I want. I as soon as I said uh, that, I was questioning whether I was correct. But yeah, Doctor Zeus <laughs> like wants to cover it up. Uh, mm-hmm. Cornelius that, yeah. is the one that is the one that actually theorizes that yeah that that apes evolved from humans. I okay. I, I really like this Sunstreaker design for the toy, especially for like all the extra little bits and details it has. Like I like how the trunk opens up and the, the, you know, the doors open up when he's a car and yeah, it looks really good. It's a really good toy. Yeah. I want this. I probably won't ever get it, but do I you like it. how, do you like how it comes with a Halloween alien mask? Yes. <laughs> Why wouldn't I like that? So in closing, Casey says that'll be all for this week. How does it feel starting season two? You're over halfway there now. So exciting. Well, living out of prayer. <laughs> Says, hope you all have wonderful weeks and don't run into any giant head-shaped ships. Me too. Me too. <laughs> yeah, that, that could be awkward. So Casey also said that she left uh, out about what's going on with Forge to Fight in case I wanted to talk about the Sharkicons, which... I just wanted to bring up in case you don't follow us on the Facebook page, which would be nice if you did. Yes. Uh, I mentioned that the <laughs> the Forge to Fight added a whole bunch of new characters. Um, they basically essentially did a Shark Week, except the yep. Shark Cons. Yep. And it's kind of neat because like 
when you play when you play through the story modes or like the missions or anything like that, there's a lot of like these standard mooks, and they actually made like a little story around it. Like there was these shark cons, and they made like there's the shark con, and because of the class types that they do for the uh, for the, the normal bots of that, like uh, they were different colored based on which class they were, and had and had like moves similar to characters in that class type. Mm-hmm. And now they're making them pretty much all available. Like you can actually earn, win them in game, and it's kind of neat because they're like that. They're, they're like just a really neat, like uh, I guess, standard character thing that you can throw into. And they have a really good uh, abilities that when you like have a team full of full of them, that uh, that that can that can be like used in in various things. Uh, the design of them actually is kind of interesting too because I kind of noticed that. They kind of the, like the Shark Cons from the movie. They kind of have when they're in transform, they're kind of like that hunched over, like two legged small form. Except they redesigned their heads to look more shark like. Mm-hmm. Yeah. As opposed to piranha ish, I think the Shark Cons looked like in the movie. Yes, they did. Uh, but the robot mode is is just kind of a very generic robot. That's true. Yeah. Uh, but it's it's kind of neat because I mean like I do like some of the stuff they put into it. They all they have like little things there, like um, how under special attacks for the uh, the demolition demolition Strakicon, he's one of his special attacks is called feeling toothy, with the with the with the uh, tagline he loves to show off his fin cannons, mm-hmm. and it's they just it's just neat that they put a lot of effort into it. And going on, apparently the next character they're adding is a uh, hound. The from I think Age of Extinction version of him. Cool, right on. So, what do we have for uh, questions this week, Jordan? So we got a couple of questions and quite a few comments. Mm-hmm. Let's let me bring them up here. So uh, let's start with some of the ones from Twitter. Uh, so Fudge Magneto Cassidy. By the way, that's Magneto as N E A T O. <laughs> Uh, has a couple of things to say. If Primal is the Wicked w- Witch of the West, because I mentioned the house flattening from Kansas, uh, <laughs> what are the other Maximals? Wow, Tankor is really broken up about his plan fall- failing, isn't he? He really just went to pieces. Uh, who uh, among the uh, <laughs> who among the VCs would try to find their son Sean, and who would get distracted by side quests? Also, giant floating head. <laughs> so. I don't know. Um, hey, wait, was that all just questions? That was a lot. That was just the whole comment. There was a, there was the, there was a couple comments and two questions in there. Oh, no, three. Sorry. So if Primal's the Wicked Witch of the West, I'm not sure what the other Maximals would be. Um, so first, first of all, since I'm being pedantic uh, tonight, <laughs> Primal would be the Wicked Witch of the East. <laughs> because he was he was the one that was smashed. Yeah. So um, that, that would che- make would that mean Cheetor the Wicked Witch of the West? That would make he... Cheetor the Wicked Witch of the West. Megatron is Glinda. Oh my god, <laughs> I hate this. <laughs> oh, so that makes that makes sense because then all the drones are just munchkins. Yeah. Drones are munchkins, yep. Yeah. Uh Tankor represents the Lollipop Guild. <laughs> I feel like um, Rat Trap, like wanting to get power and then realizing the power was inside him all along. He's one of the three. Like he yeah. might be Lion. Yeah, I could go for Lion. Which is funny because he's a rat. <laughs> so, 
Thrust was would be in general. Thrust would be the scarecrow because he doesn't have a brain. Mm-hmm. Um, but, but no, no, because scarecrow does have a brain though. That's the whole point is that they do have what they thought they wanted. Okay. Well, mm-hmm. yeah, and Waspin Air is the is really smart. Yeah, and he's happy with what he is now. But I would say, you know what? I would say is most appropriate is uh, Jetstorm. Oh, I said Tank Corps was the was the one without a brain. I'm sorry. Jet oh. Jetstorm <laughs> is uh, is is the Tin Man because he doesn't have a heart, but really underneath it all, he's Silver. He's got the biggest he's got heart. The biggest heart. Yeah. Okay, I can go with that. Yeah. But that still means that we haven't figured out what the Maximals are. Well, Black Arachne and well, we Night Night Scream. Yeah. Hmm. Um, Night Scream is one of the flying it's monkeys. One of the flying monkeys. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, it's super easy and bad, but fuck it. And, and Black um, Arachne is the tree that throws the apples. Yes. <laughs> you know what, Kendall? I actually had just thought about that when you said that. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's oh. only so many bad guys in yeah. Wizard of Oz <laughs> since the Maximals are the bad guys in this in yeah. this scenario. And they uh, also asked who among the beasties would try to find their son, Sean, and who would get distracted by side quests. Um, I'm trying to remember. Cheetor would be like tunnel vision. I, don't, then, like, I don't get that reference. Can someone explain I'm, that reference rain. to me? Hmm? Heavy rain. Okay. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think it's heavy rain. Um, that's a that's like a, a that's like an okay Bob Dylan album. Um, the heavy rain they're referring to, Candle, is a is a game made by Quantic Dream. I want to say which is was. which is held by which is helmed by David David Cage, who um uh is trash, and the game is about you trying to save your son before he drowns from heavy rain because he's yeah. trapped somewhere drowned from heavy oh, rain. Okay, and his, his son's named Sean. Uh, I, I think. Does that Cheetor have anything to do with him. Beast Machines? I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> but it yeah. doesn't matter. Because people ask him whatever they want. Um, Rat Trap would probably get distracted by one or two side quests. Maybe not a lot, but he would still. Like, if something like, I don't know, maybe at the bar or something like that, he's like, well, I could just knock off for a few minutes here. Mm-hmm. Um, um, okay. Uh, again, I think Cheetor would be Tunnel Vision. I think. Who would like side quests? I think I think Night Scream would get distracted a lot. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but, like, I, but I think I. But the thing is, is I think like if the person who gave him the side quest was annoying to him, he wouldn't do it. True. Like he probably would talk to every NPC, but he would only do about like half the quest they gave. This guy sucks. We have never side quest. <laughs> like I, I'm kind of sad that Silverbelt isn't around because he would just do everything because he has to help everyone. Yeah, that's true. So you're saying that Night Scream, because that's kind of how I play those kinds of games. <laughs> yeah. You're Night Scream, buddy. Because um, uh, I also think that Night Scream would do what I do, which is get, like, collect a bunch of side quests and then get halfway through them and never finish them. And then I just always have, like, a long bunch of side quests that I didn't finish. Like, this is bullshit. <laughs> and, and just for the record, the only game I've ever played with side quests is, uh, is Skyrim. So I think like Optimus would like think a side quest is the main story quest and work on that. <laughs> yeah. He, he would confuse it point. for the main story. Like yeah. this is important. You have to do this. And then yeah, like, and, and lose sight of what's really important. Cause that's what he does. <laughs> um, you think black Rackney uh, would just spend the whole time on the character creation. She would just, okay. Like it depends on what kind of game it is, but if it's like, 
Skyrim or like a GTA type thing, she would just go on rampages. <laughs> she wouldn't do any yeah. quests. She like steal everything out of the houses. Because she's got to find a, a way to like still be a little evil. Because like it's still yeah. kind of a part of her, and that's her. That's her. The venting space is video games. She I guess would Megatron steal stuff out of people's houses. Throw yeah. a bucket over someone's head and just ransack it. Yeah, yeah. I think maybe Megatron's the one that would that would just spend hours and hours creating their character and never actually play the game. Yeah, <laughs> I, I think that would be I the think... case. I think Black Arachne would go in, ransack somebody's house, and if it was uh, an NPC that had a, that they were able to shop at, they would then in turn sell them back yeah. their stuff. And, and in Rat Trap, I think specifically with Skyrim, he would just do the Thief Guild's quests. Yes. And then turn the game off after he's done with that. Right. I don't think he would have, like, I don't think he would pick a bunch of different side quests, but he'd focus on a Thief Guild quest and just do that. Yeah. Was the Thief Guild quest in Skyrim good? That's one of the few that I never played. It was okay. I like the one in Oblivion better because you're like a Robin Hood figure, but that's just personal bias. I just like, they I did like the first quest in it, and they got mad at me for killing everyone. You're not supposed <laughs> to kill people as a thief. Like you can kill a few people, but you're not supposed to kill. Like but I thought your like, job. But I was like overpowered, and I could just kill everyone. <laughs> I know what you're supposed to be stealthy. That's the point of thieves. I was like, stealthy. Get... I would sneak up on people and then I would you kill, kill them. them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. No, no. Get what ten times case? examined by stabbing them with a knife. Because like in Oblivion, that would have been even more against the code. Because Oblivion, like Oblivion, again, you're kind of in a Robin Hood group, and like you're trying to help the poor and you're trying to be good guys who are thieves. But in 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 Skyrim, it's more straightforward. We're thieves. But they also, and I think you can kill a few people, but they also don't want to be like murderers that call too much attention to them. They want to just like steal shit. Like, yeah, I so, mean, like, I, I guess, but look, I'm, go play the assassin I'm the, I'm the head of the assassin. I was already the head of the assassin's Assassin guild at that Street. point. So I, I had that, re that reputation. Okay, here's one reason why I don't like Skyrim. And, and because, because of how you can do everything, it like makes a storyline. Like, I, I, I get out of it sometimes because like Mavis Blackbriar or whatever her name is. She's like, you better not cross me. I have ties with the Assassin's Guild, the Dark Brotherhood. And, and you're like, I'm the leader of a Dark Brotherhood. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Fuck you. I can do whatever the fuck I want. Like, I hate that so much about that game. And I, I get it really hard to program all that, but I don't know. Maybe like put one thing where it's like actually I, I own the Dark Brotherhood. So, mm -hmm. <laughs> well, see, I what I did is I had sort of my own head cannon for my character. So like I did the I played through the Dark Brotherhood quest, and they they did some stuff at, toward the end of that storyline that I kind of like the way that my character was acting didn't he wouldn't have agreed with it. But you don't actually get to choose whether it's never a problem. With Skyrim. Yeah, yeah, whether you have a problem with it or not, uh, mm -hmm. uh, but. So what I said is, okay, fine. This is my last, you know, this is the last job I'm doing for you guys. I'm never doing anything for you again. And then I finished the quest. And then I only went back to murder people when they, when I needed some money. <laughs> but yeah, I got to maintain my reputation in the Assassin's Guild. I like Skyrim <laughs> a lot. I, I don't know what, I think it just, it hit me just at the right time. And I haven't played a lot of games like that. And it does seem like there aren't a lot of games as, you know, as much like as like that as I want them to be. Mm -hmm. What part 
do you like? Cause I mean, it's, I mean, it's everything. It's, it's a, it's a combination. It's a combination of, of yeah. the mythology, the fantasy aesthetic, the, the open, the open worldness, the open, you can do whatever you want. You can make your character, whatever you want. How you do can, you, how do you feel about a more sci-fi setting, say post-apocalyptic? Yeah. I couldn't get into, I couldn't get into fallout. Okay. Cause I was going to say that is exactly the same game. It, yeah. That's, I mean, that's why, that's <laughs> why the issue is that it, it's like, it has, there's, there's some, you know, it's like, it's like everything came together perfectly and it may even have been the problem is that it's not the summer of 2015 anymore. You, you know, like it may have also yeah. like hit me at the exactly the right time. That's um, true. But I mean, like you're right in that not, there aren't many things exactly like Skyrim. Like mm-hmm. I could say play Dragon Age, but Dragon Age isn't like Skyrim. It's yeah, like, I couldn't get into Dragon Age either. Yeah. I like Dragon Age a lot, um, but fair. Uh, anyway, we should move on to our next question. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so we got a comment from a uh, uh, budget, budget commissar. Uh, we haven't heard in a while. How are you doing? Yeah. Uh, at Natavani on Twitter. Uh, they point out the main reason nobody remembers the Transformers PSAs is because only five were made and they never aired. The prime they primary came oh, really? to light. Yeah, they primarily came to light as extras on one of the early DVD releases. And probably if they used those DVDs to like in syndication or something like that, they might have gotten tacked on. Have but you, I guess have I told you about where I saw them? I thought you said you saw the Trent. Transformers Did PSA. Did you see them in Canada? No, I, I saw them because I bought the Transformers PS2 game that's based off the Armada series, and that's unlockables <laughs> in it is the PSAs. Jeez. <laughs> that's interesting, though, that they weren't aired. See, I didn't know yeah. that. That makes perfect oh. sense, but people don't remember the Transformers. <laughs> I do. I had one of the original uh, Rhino uh, DVD sets, and I remember those PSAs being on them. <laughs> Yeah, I got them from a video game. <laughs> yeah, I, 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 I most, I honestly only remember, like, definitely only remember the, uh, the GI Joe ones. Back in the day when they put cool unlockables in video games, and then it just reserved everything for <laughs> DLC and microtransactions. Yep. <sighs> All right, and so we have a question from Gwyn Out Hunting at at Witsuaru. Uh, if the Vehicons are inversions of elements of the missing Maximals and Waspinator's personalities, what traits would the invert uh, would the inverted for the other would be inverted for the other Maximals? What huh. is Truck Not Monkey Primal like? Uh, Truck Not Primal Monkey would be very cowardly, I think. And, I think he would be fanatical and headstrong. Uh, I think he would almost be Mega. I think he and Megatron would would essentially switch places. Now that I think about it, yeah, that's kind of that's kind of true. I think. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah, because they're both like the same. They're just different. Yeah, Goals they're like an antithesis and... of each other. Yeah, Black yeah. Black Arachnia flip would be Silverbolt. <laughs> Maybe a old Black Arachnia, but I don't. I don't think that's because no, like, I mean that's that's what I mean. Like, because I mean, technically, she's like you said, she's still she never really got turned into a Maximal. She still has her personality, so there's still that bit of evil. But I'm just saying, if if evil evil Black Arachnia would be, would just be her as Silverbolt. Yeah. Yeah. I no, think... I'm just, I'm just thinking like, um, like, okay, the thing is that Jess Forms, Jess like, um, Silverball, but he's not an inverse so much. He's kind of just like he's got the same traits but taken in a different direction. He's not yeah. entirely an inverse because an inverse would be someone who's not, um, you know, who's a serious 
super evil dude who never talks. That would be an inverse of it'd be the opposite of like what um uh, yeah Silverbolt's like. But because Jetstorm's not the not the opposite. He's like just the same thing but different. Yeah, Jetstorm. I mean, I think the inverse. If you're thinking of it like inverse. Uh, Tankor and Thrust are more like the inverse of their maximal versions. Uh, Jetstorm is something else, but I guess Silverbolt is something else too. Um, <laughs> I do think, I think if we're, well, we're saying who's the opposite of Silverbolt, I think Rat Trap would be, if, if we're saying like they're, they're, inverse. they're well, 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 the original question inverse. is like, what would, what would they be like if they were Viacons essentially? Yeah. If and Rat- like, I think, hmm? If Rat Trap was a Viacon, I think that he would be very like he would be lawful evil. So he would be he would be brave and loyal and and, and honorable and honorable, but still you know, but still evil. Like he's you know he's uh, on following the wrong Megatron's side. He's following Megatron's uh, rules. Um, yeah. Maybe because because I, I, I think that's a good for like thrust Waspander, but if you compare it to Silverbolt and, and Jetstorm, I think Rat Trap would just be like more conniving, more sneaky, <laughs> more um, mischievous kind of things because it'd be like a twist on Rat Trap mm-hmm. rather than like a complete inverse. Um, I think Black Arachnia, if it's like Jetstorm, would just be like her when she was evil <laughs> like it would be exactly flat, this. like yeah, yeah. just flat um, out what she was like when she was uh it, if it was opposite then like she would be demure and like kind of like not understand sarcasm and stuff like that <laughs> like she'd be kind of like kind of be gullible meek and, she would be meek and gullible and like genuine <laughs> like, <laughs> like oh, silver wow. Yeah, like Silver Bolt, actually. Um, well, See? Silver Bolt's not meek. Silver Which is not, exactly Silver, what Jordan is saying. Silver Bolt's not meek, though. It'd be like a meek. No, he's not meek. Yeah. Because, like, that's the thing is that the Black Rider will get in your face. This person would be like, oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry I spoke uh, up. Oh, is that true? About- the kind of thing. Like, that's what they would act like. Um, uh, ch- we still ch- have Cheetor and Night Scream that we haven't talked about. Um, Night Scream would Scream- be Toad from X-Men. <laughs> Night Scream would be not annoying. <laughs> he would be so mature. Night Scream would be a nerd. See, I, I prefer taking it like the, the like again, the Jetstorm. Sort of the one, more the one trait that's so, a little warped. I, I would say, like, how I would warp Night Scream is essentially Toad from from X-Men, who's, like, kind of this annoying, like, chatty uh, brat, like, that's also, like, super evil and sadistic and stuff. It's depending, depending on the Toad version. Like, yeah. I would not say... Well, yeah, I, mean, I, like, think of, I just think of Toad as a loser. Well, yeah, see... And, well, yeah, but he's... Because that's what he was in the comics for it. the longest time. And, and again, that's part of it, but he's also kind of, like, sadistic and creepy. I think Toad yeah. a loser. has a... I think Toad even has a, a podcast at one point in the comics. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do like I do like Toad from X Men Evolution. Uh, yeah, it wasn't as, as like a... until until the nineties where they're like, well, yeah, like uh, all that time that he was a Toady to Magneto and stuff like that. You know, he seemed like a snippering wimp or whatever that was just a lackey. But then they revealed that yeah, no, he's actually like extremely intelligent and stuff like that. And he started leading the the League of Evil Mutants for a while. Yeah, okay. like that was that was like late nineties that they started doing that. That he was he's just it was just an act. Mutants. 
Did they change their name at some point? Because they were the they were the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants, and then they became the Brotherhood because that's too. Oh yeah, that's, I, that's I don't what I think Magneto Sorry. would call himself the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. Yeah. You, you, know, you know what it, I meant? Yeah, that's fine. I, mean. I know what you meant. I just was wanted to clarify. Yeah. Uh, cause I wasn't sure if they did change their name or something. Because because again, again, the Brotherhood of Evil Mutants becomes the Brotherhood. So if there was yeah. like a more evil version of them, I could see them calling themselves the League of Evil Mutants. Um, uh, Cheetor would be like God. Even more headstrong and like he would be anger. he he would be obviously cocky. Yeah, he'd be very cocky. Like he and act like he's tough shit all the time. And he would do and he would and he would prove it at a drop of a hat. Yeah, and be very aggressive and reckless. Even, so kind of like, like in season three of uh, of Beast Wars. Yeah, kind of <laughs> like that. But kind of. Yeah, yeah, that's a good comparison. Yeah. All right. Uh, we had a a tweet from victor perfecto at at vic perfecto with a picture of uh of uh these war characters from the original series Yay. yes you saw that right em oh yeah i mean yeah, victor I... added me in it. oh they okay add, they added war beast and me <laughs> yeah, okay <laughs> uh but that's all we have from twitter and then we have a uh question from the facebook group from ryan ryan butson mm-hmm. Uh, and they ask, is Megatron now Unicron? A little bit. Not a whole I, I would argue mm-hmm. he has both his eyes still, so no. Yeah, true enough. Oh, Unicron didn't always only have cheese. <laughs> Good job. Look, <laughs> Una <laughs> means one. one Kron means the I. <laughs> I. I agree with Jordan. Unicron didn't have any eyes by the end of the Yeah, movie. by the end of the movie, he, 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 both eyes are gone. But Yeah, and then he was Zerotron. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, uh, he's not big enough and he's only the head, but if he gets more body, then maybe. <laughs> Isn't Unicron only a head at the end of? Yeah. Yeah. yeah but he's dead. I think the, the, the giant floating Megatron head is as big as the Unicron head. Cause, uh, as it's been like pointed out, it, it literally became like a second moon to Cybertron. Yes. It was like, it was moon size and orbited the planet. Mm-hmm. And, yeah, the, the Megatron head is not that big. Yeah. It's not, it's not moon size. No, it's it more, like stadium size. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not even like city size. It's more like stadium or 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 a uh, large building size kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. And that's all the questions we had. All right, time for plugs. Does anything anybody have any plugs they would like to chirp in on? Uh, I'll plug uh, you know Game Apartment One C again. And he, uh, I just saw Dan. He was tweeting about like how he's kind of really looking at. Interested in what the second uh, season of challenges he's got lined up going is, and he's kind of really excited about it. Cool. Um, also, uh, Darren Husted uh, is still is still doing the Prince po- that Prince podcast. I think they're on. They're like they just got through. Um, I guess Love Symbol or whatever you would call that one album. That's just the symbol. Yes. Yeah, uh, and, so, and so I think he's I think the next ones that next couple ones they are doing are from the hits. But since they did them, since some of the hits, he's just doing some of the signals that weren't part of the albums before, like moving on to the next album, I guess. <laughs> um, but also he's still doing the the Arrested Development. Uh, I've made a huge mistake, which is, I think, only like two or three episodes away from being done for the fourth season. Yeah, I was going to say. And then, of course, uh, I'll 
plug they see me rolling and and Jesse Cooper's creepy critters in uh, uh, Alphabet Flight podcast as well. Cool. M, how about you? Um, you can catch me on other audience podcasts like Teenagers of Attitude, uh, In Pursuit of Passions, and Home for Infinite Losers. You can also catch me on Twitter at This Is Emeralds. All right. And Kendall, how about you? Um, you can find everything I do at KendallCast.ninja. Uh, and I don't always bring up my Bandcamp page, but KendallHallman.Bandcamp.com. I did recently uh, drop some new stuff, an EP called Lisa Drink the Water. And I'm checking, and it looks like no one has listened to it. Uh, so you guys should listen to it. It's yes. uh, I don't want to say it's like, great, but it's, you know, it's a thing. Like, I can Gosh. honestly say that the only reason I haven't listened to it is just because it's really hard and time and effort for me to get to listen to actual album <laughs> albums. So it takes it takes me a while to get to it. But I feel bad that, it, that I, you know, I haven't gotten to it yet. <laughs> No, Admittedly, I don't. I barely have enough time as it is to listen to podcasts, let alone our <laughs> podcast, to do editing. Unfortunately, just with the way that everything goes with me, uh, but I will make a point to make sure that I listen to some of your album, Kendall. Yeah, it's only it's only a little four track EP, so easy to listen <laughs> to. And yes. uh, yeah, yeah, it's uh, Kendall Also has a bunch of uh, War and Beast music, which it does look like some people have been listening to that. Uh, and, um, uh, lots of other stuff that I've done. So, uh, yeah, check it out. Cool. Uh, as always, you can find us on Twitter at Warren Beast. Uh, you can also find us on Facebook at facebook.com slash group slash Warren Beast podcast. Uh, if you, for some reason, like listening to the sound of my voice and want to follow along with my goings on, which isn't a whole lot on Twitter, you can find me at Greg C M U N. Hopefully you aren't somebody that is like a brand strategist, like the last one that just added me or started following me for whatever fucking reason. But yeah, I'm I get sorry, a bunch Greg. of It's the only thing that follows me is like brand strategists and bots. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> but yes, so... That's been it for this week. Stern is season two. That means that we've got 12 episodes to go. So yeah. Hmm. For Warren Beast, I have been Greg. I have been Emily. I have been Jordan. And I'm Kendall. Let's roll, folks. Have you ever seen a shark swim through ground? Yes, they're called bullets in D&D. &D. <laughs>